Welcome to episode 129 of Drew Sports Crew here on this Sunday morning. Myself, Drew Skyver here, bringing you the news in the Wisconsin sports world. And wow, how about the Milwaukee Brewers? That's definitely where we're starting here. And then also the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk about the preseason finale against the Seattle Seahawks at Lambeau. I saw a lot of you guys were there yesterday. I had some cool stuff. So just let me know how you thought it went. Some electric atmosphere and yeah i was at the brewer game last night and friday night so it was a busy week in brewer base so a lot of giveaways had to make my way down actually went to the game with zach and jared so zach rouse jared veleski who joined me on journey a million so that was pretty cool um and we had a great time there um and right rowdy tell us bobblehead it has it has dogs on it it's a pretty cool bobblehead um, it's his dogs, I believe, is the story, but they win two against the Padres. Have not seen Josh Hader yet this series, which has been nice. And then also, it's getting to that time of the year. It's the Fantasy Baseball. It's going to be the Podcast League Championship next week. So right now, Jared's actually competing for a spot against another listener, Mitch. Um, and those two are competing. And I, it looks like I, I, well, I won. Um up over 300 points here with a day to go. So it looks like I'll be in the championship game for the second straight year. But the opponent is to be determined. Also, we're drafting the, the, the listener league tonight. So thank you to all who joined. We are drafting tonight, as you all know, on Sunday. I'm excited to share around some teams and stuff. That's going to be fun. Um, probably like the, the winner on. We, we did that two years ago. Um, had the winner on. I'm looking forward to Bring it on, just hearing how they drafted, all that good stuff. Be a lot of fun. Um, so from there, that's that's what's going on. You'll notice again, the background will be changing soon. I am moving in in a couple days here. So uh, actually, for Journey Million, you'll probably see a different background. Don't worry. Still same old me. Um, and right, we're getting closer to football, which is going to be great. Otherwise, at your sports crew, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, right, you'll see some clips some fun clips of like of these episodes. So I'll, I'll take a key a key thing that's happened in the episode and I'll, I'll post about it so we can talk about it that way. Um, I feel like that's going to be, that's going to be a good thing to do, you know, like share with you. We're now able to catch the whole episode. Don't worry. I got you. These are 25 minutes. So I'll take probably the key minute, you know, that I feel is important of the episode. And I want to share it all to you. Make it, make it easier for you, the listener. So, just letting you know, so expect those more in your feed moving forward. Otherwise, let's get into the, into the show here. So to start, right, we're going to the Milwaukee Brewers, and wow, I mean, it's it's been a week for a positive side. So, right, I talked about last week. We we hyped up that big sweep in Texas. I talked about this week. I mean, I had the Brewers with a two game sweep against Minnesota. I had them keeping it going. They sure did, so that was good to see. I did have a loss in the San Diego series, so no, I'm totally not wanting a loss today. I want the Brewers to win, but I predicted a loss in here just based on the matchups and stuff. I might even been today as the loss, um, just based on, again, the rotation, because, again, we got Woodruff. We have right, we had Burns on Wednesday, which we need to talk about. Burns has not really pitched as well lately. I was actually having a conversation. It was actually with Jared about like 
looking at this team, you know, who's been like the best pitcher in the second half. And like, it's not Corbin Burns. That was just the crazy thing. It was like, it's not Corbin Burns. Um, his ERA now is over three. Well, it's been over three, but three, six, five, you know, and we were talking, we were like, okay, Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, or not Corbin Burns, but rather Brandon Woodruff. That was Woodruff coming back. Having your top two starters. Those are the guys you probably actually want right now. You know, if it was a, you know, winner, you know, winner go home playoff game. Those are, those are the guys you'd want. And then also now the bullpen, right? Williams has been good, but Admiral Uribe, I mean, he came in Friday. Phenomenal. Trevor McGill looked good on Friday. Um, both those guys are, are pieces in the bullpen that, well, may, I'm talking about a rebate now. Um, Aziri's under one. Like, you know, the fact that, well, Devin Williams, he, he's the best reliever of the bullpen. There's no denying that. But, like, if we take a look at the second half of the season, it's like technically the numbers for Uribe are better. So I just think that's so interesting. Like, you, you had Devin Williams, but then you, you just got a guy right now who's been performing better than Devin Williams. So it's, it's crazy how that's looked. Um, I really hope McGill turns it around. Like he's his fifth right now, by the way. So fielding independent pitching, he has a huge difference. His ear, um, his FIP is two point oh nine, and his ERA is three point nine one. So that gives him a one point eight two difference between his ERA and FIP. So that discrepancy there tells me he's due for some, you know, up some progression rather than like the regression or however you want to call it. I just find that. So interesting, and Andrew Chafin. Um, it's been it's been rough. Um, came in Friday. I was actually sitting over by. Uh, I was standing near the outfield when Gary Sanchez hit that home run. <laughs> it was if you didn't see that home run, you should go back and look. It was destroyed. I mean, it's one of the farther balls I've seen <laughs> at a game, and it's crazy to see. So. That was just something that I that stood out to me, but I want to talk about more about the players before we get into the schedule stuff because I think this is important. Uh, Joey Weimer. So something you'll see is um, righty or lefty, and um, I mean he looks more as down the stretch he's going to be a defensive sub. Uh, with how Taylor's been performing offensively, Taylor's going to get this. He's going to get the at bats, and that's totally reasonable. Um, or if Mark Canna might be in. So they did this actually on Friday. Canna um, hit, but then it was like in the eighth. It, been, it was his last at bat of the game. It looked like Weimer. Weimer goes in defensive sub and center right away, and it shows how much, how valuable his defense is. But unfortunately, it shows you know how much of a liability he's been at the plate. So that's just the nature of baseball. And I like how council council's been navigating through that with him. Uh, Bryce Harang has picked it up. I haven't even talked about Rowdy Telesday on Friday. Well, it was Baba Day yesterday, but then Rowdy Telesday on Friday. Like, that's all, that's some good stuff. And Teles, um, four RBIs, a three-run home run, just everything you want to see. So I love that. But it's been it's been good for this offense so far. Monasterio had a couple hits yesterday. Yeah, like the the reason this team's winning games. You know, this is the my key takeaway. Um, the last seven days they've been hitting the ball. They've been putting run, they put putting the ball in play. They've been scoring runs, right? Just listen to these these numbers. So they score nine on Friday, 
nine last Friday, or let me start over. So in the seven game win streak, here are the runs they've scored. Nine, six, six, seven, eight, seven, five. Notice how the lowest they've scored is five runs per game. Five runs in a game. When they have the pitching staff they have, you're going to win. If the magic number is five, if you can get to five runs, you're going to win 70, 80% of your games, which is good to see. And that's definitely what we want. I was also at the game last Tuesday um, against Minnesota. And that was good win too against the twins. No complaints by me. Um, but we do have, again, this big series coming up here in Chicago. So week 22 is a success, regardless of how Sunday goes. I'm not going to really preview the game Sunday because that'd be a disservice as you're probably listening after the game. So however that game went, just know bullpen has been looking good. Um, of course, the rotation has, but it's been the offensive offensive story. They're the reason right now a seven-game win streak. Not discrediting the pitching. They've been doing what they've been doing the whole year. The offense is why we are where we are. So talk about week 23 now. Week 23 is huge for the Milwaukee Birds. This is this is a huge week. Um, the big reason why is against the Chicago Cubs is the story. And they need to beat the Cubs. Um, we know the standing, which I'm going to just talk about here. And... It is going to be very important as the NL Central. Again, the Brewers are up four games right now, the Chicago Cubs. Five games over the Reds. Really six games there as they have the season series against Cincinnati. And then, right, we need... So, right the Brewers, after the seven-game win streak, which, by the way, they're the team of the week. You'll see a post up today or Sunday. Um, 72-57. and 57. Now they are 37-27 and 27 at home, 35-30 and 30 on the road. And their playoff odds are 96.4%. We love it. So they have the highest. They're even they're higher than the Phillies, which makes sense. They have the division. So yeah, lo- lo- looks as it should. So no issues on that. But anyways, let's let's go here to the game. So this series, again, against the Chicago Cubs. I'm going to go back now. So, again, they're up four games right now before Sunday's action. We do not have starters announced tomorrow. I did want to highlight that because what you're looking at, if you are the Milwaukee Brewers, this is how this week needs to go against Chicago. So, the Brewers against the Cubs in the season series are actually up four games to three. They have this three-game series here. Definitely for the Brewers, you're looking at two out of three. You want to expand that to two games over 500 against this team as they only have one to two matchups left here this year. And for the Brewers, we know the guys who pitch. We know Burns pitched. It looks like Burns might be going Tuesday or Wednesday just based on me mapping out the rotation. And then it looks like we might have Hauser tomorrow. So I'm just monitoring the situation on who is going to be pitching because I'm Looking at who the Cubs have been pitching, and right now Javier Saad is pitching today, which is good for the Brewers as he's gotten a lot of strikeouts. My apologies, Hauser's actually pitching today. Um, as Peralta pitched yesterday, wasn't sure if they were moving with that, so we might have Miley tomorrow, and then we might be going right back to Corbin Burns on Tuesday. Brandon Woodruff might get Wednesday, and that would be a prime spot for Milwaukee. Um, 
sounds like Marcus Stroman won't be back yet for the Cubs, and it, we might we might see Justin Steele, is what I'm looking at. So we're gonna see Steele, who's been a a guy who has done very good things against the Brewers. If you're a Cubs fan, and should be a good series in Wrigley. I, I was hoping they had probables out, but I I can always map it out. Miley tomorrow is my guess. Burns Tuesday, Woodruff Wednesday. Again, this series, Valley Sports, it's actually 7.05 Central on Monday, 7.05 on Tuesday, 1.20 on Wednesday. So that is the series against that Wrigley Field in Chicago. They're actually on TBS, but it's only out of market. If you're out of market, 7.05. You can see that. Then the rest of the week, talking through it, the Phillies. Come to town. They come, Brewers come right back to Milwaukee, 710, 615, 1205. So for this, this series, it'll be good. Um, it's actually college night on Friday. I wish I could go, but I cannot. A Brewers fleece vest then on Saturday, and then of course Sunday, fun day next Sunday. And in this series, for at least the Brewers, um, they're gonna probably be facing Zach Wheeler. My guess is they'll have him on Friday. So that's not good, but we understand that that's just how it is sometimes. But otherwise, we're going to get probably Freddie Peralta on Friday. That's good. And then we'll we go right back. We'll have Hauser then and Miley Saturday, Sunday. So that that might be tough. Um, I don't know how Hauser's going to pitch against this Phillies team that destroys right-handed pitching and hits a lot of home runs against righties. So. That's just that's a concern I have down the road. So when I carve up my record prediction, you'll kind of see where I'm going with it. I'm hoping for a good week, but again, I'll have that up for you all tomorrow morning. We'll be able to check that out. But again, six six games on the docket, three games on the road, three games at home. The Cubs are the road team. Phillies are the home team. Like the that's where the Brewers are. Right? The Brewers will be road team against Chicago. They'll be the home team against Philly. But there is your Brewers updates here for week 22 to week 23. We love the start so far. Um, and, you know, we're almost getting to that time. We're up four games. Have a good series against Chicago this week. You can get that up to five or six games. If you win the series, you just add a game to it. Uh, the Brewers control their own destiny, and this is exactly where you want to be if you are a Milwaukee Brewer fan or uh, – just the Brewers, phenomenal stuff. So we love what we're seeing and makes it really easy to talk about today. Let's go over to the Green Bay Packers as they played yesterday. And that's actually the thumbnail. I was like, Brewers won seven in a row. They're going to get their own team of the week post today. So I'm like, we got to show some guys some love on Green Bay. Um, and the one guy who I think really deserves it, as you see, is Anders Carlson. Right, this In this one, Packers went 19-15. to so that was how this game went. And it started out Brewers or Brewers really. Uh Packers got a field goal in the first quarter. They they finished up 3 nothing. It was a Anders Carlson 43-yard field goal. And then we saw Jordan Love to Watson. Watson had this this drive in the second quarter. It was actually his last drive. So for it, you know, like the first drive, I was like, okay, Love looks like he needs to get it going. And it was the whole same theme this whole preseason. Love just starts out. Not like bad, but looks a little shaky. Like not look doesn't look like the Jordan Love we've seen. And then that second drive, he comes out and he just he's just slinging it everywhere. Um, and 
the big thing for me was the targets. Like he was looking, he was looking Luke Musgrave's way. Musgrave finished with three targets, and or actually two targets rather. He was two for two in those, and then he was looking Jane Reed's way. Reed had three targets, and then Watson also had three targets. And it was nice to see Watson in the end zone. We haven't seen that Watson. We haven't seen him go Watson's way really at all this preseason. We've seen it like the family fun night settings, but not like in the game. And that was good. Like he's looking Reed and Dobbs way usually when it came down to the the end the red zone. And this was just a great drive though for Green Bay. It was 15 plays, 80 yards. They took five minutes off the clock. Uh, then Anders Carlson had his extra point blocked. Nothing he could do on that. That was not his fault. Uh, they originally gave him a miss, and I looked at that. I'm like, really? <laughs> and they changed it. So all good on that. But then for Seattle, so Seattle had Drew Locke. So he's a former Broncos first-round pick, I believe. I don't know about the first-round thing, but he was a former Bronco. Uh, before the Wilson trade, he's out there. He had 25 attempts, 16 of 25 was Locke today. Look, he didn't look bad. He's going to be the backup for Seattle, though. Geno has just played at that level where that's just how it is. Otherwise, the defense, you know, they did enough today. Um None of they had bad. I mean, they didn't really force turnovers um, other than they had that interception, but no sacks. Um, but again, they still, like without sacks, they were, this defense, it looks, they look, they look great. You know, that's how I put it. Um, they are, their team, They, I mean, they'll rally to the ball. Uh, that's what you like to see. It's hard to base it off of as like personnel wise. Not all stars are playing, like, hardly starters are playing, but you can just see there's things that like that just you can see on tape that just like it, you can't quantify in the stat sheet, right? Is how these the players on the Packers have rallied to the ball year over year. Um, I feel like that's been something just even the preseason, regardless of personnel, regardless of Geno Smith, uh, DK Metcalf, those guys not playing with Seattle, you know, how this Green Bay Packer defense still looked. And I think another huge thing that's not talked about as a lot is with Joe Barry. Uh, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, we're not going to see him actually down on the field this year. Joe Barry now is going to be up in the booth watching the game. So he's going to be up in the press box watching the defense and coaching from up there rather than on the field. Um, and that's going to be something I think is going to be pretty pretty good to see. I'm wondering what how that affects calls this year. Um, again, Joe Barry tried something new and just intrigued to see. If we see any new tendencies week one against Chicago or anything that that'll stand out there as somewhere for Barry in new territory. And so far it seems he's loved it. So I imagine he'll be sticking up there for 2023 and so on. So a cool thing there, but otherwise going back through the game, Jacob Bobo gets a touchdown here for the Seahawks and I just found it interesting for for Bobo um I believe he went undrafted but out of UCLA again but his his 40 time I want to highlight that nothing against him his 40 time was it was something it was a 49940 which for a receiver um unfortunately is too slow he does he like I mean he's a big receiver he has the moves um but nothing with that it's just a long touchdown play cool for Bobo and then they had a two-point conversion. 
in the fourth, and that was um, and in that one, then they had the touchdown. Um, and that was with Seattle. It was with Sir Roderick Thompson. He had that one. But otherwise, um, I, I wanted to go back here because that was in the fourth because there's no scoring in the third. But we have to talk about it. Anders Carlson, 57-yard field goal to end the half. 57 yards. That Lambo win, right? You've been in Lambo before. It can get rowdy in there with the wind um, and just like with the atmosphere. It, it's, it's insane. And the fact that he nailed that 57-yarder, that's just a huge boost for Carlson. That's exactly what we wanted, and he's going to be fine. Uh, they talked about Matt LaFour especially. Talked about, you know, kickers going through rough stretches, and, you know, you just stick with the guy. You know, like, no need to bring a guy in. Uh, we saw this with Crosby multiple times. You know, he's had – he had some weird – just weird stretches throughout his career. Like, he just would miss, like, consecutive ones. But they never brought a guy in. He was totally fine, and it's just been interesting to see what Carlson has done. Daniel Carlson, then his brother nailed, I believe a 62 yarder for Vegas last night. So two brothers nailing, you know, two field goals. So they had 119 yards worth of field goals on Saturday, August 26th. I'm going to go out and just say, it's probably a record between brothers on a field a hitting on a, both two field goals on the same day for that distance. You know, I, I bet that's the farthest two brothers have combined to, to kick a field goal on one day. So that, that was cool. But other than that, right, we talked about that touchdown for the Seahawks, and then Packers had a touchdown just to run up the middle for a yard. Another good play. Like these are long drives, 75 yards, 442. So we've seen them operate between that 440 to around five minute mark on their drives, which some good good stuff there. Like long drives. It's not like just these big plays, which has been good to just see this progression throughout the preseason. And that's what the preseason is all about. I think a big thing we've seen is like, look at Sean Clifford from game one to this game. Even, um, I don't know. I, I just, you gotta be happy with what you saw. If you are a Packer fan, which Clifford officially again, named the backup right behind Jordan love. So that's cool to see. And glad we got Alex Magoo out there. USFL MVP. I think the Packers. So again, roster deadline is Tuesday. There's going to be, have to be a lot of cuts. And um, what's going to happen, I think is, I think Magoo's going to stay on this team. I think they're going to carry three quarterbacks. I, I think that's going to be the plan. I'm wondering about some of these other running backs. I think, I think the big one is Lou Nichols, the guy they actually drafted in the seventh round this year. I don't think he's going to make the team. Uh, he did not play yesterday. They wanted to see more out of again, Emmanuel Wilson. And I think he's going to make the team. That's going to that's gonna be my guess. I think Patrick Taylor probably will as well. Those Both those guys. Malik Heath, haven't even talked about him. He had himself a day yesterday. And so far for the preseason, he's had 12 receptions, 146 yards. He had seven targets. He's going to be make the squad. No matter what, it's going to be him, Samori Torre, and then, of course, the other three receivers, Reed, Watson, and Dobbs. I'd imagine Bo Melton will also make the team as well. So I think six receivers is going to probably be 
how they do it moving forward. And then, of course, Kraft and Musgrave will be on this team as well. So that's like your offensive guys there. So the three quarterbacks. And then, of course, Jones, Dylan, maybe Taylor Wilson. I don't know if they're going to carry four running backs, but that's seven spots there. And then six receivers, 13. And then, yeah, the tight ends. So that's how I imagine this team's going to go. And then also I think DeGuara is going to obviously be on this team. So add him in there in the mix as well. But that's how this Packer team's looking. A good way to end the preseason. And now they have two weeks to prepare against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. It is almost there, everybody. And we have, of course, a fantasy football draft tonight. So we'll see. Maybe maybe Luke Musgrave is going to be on the squad. Maybe Jordan Love. It's one quarterback, so probably not. Jordan Love, but just might pick up a Packer or two. Maybe we'll see. If, we'll see if the value is there. But otherwise, it is almost there. Coming season time, and we just have we'll be focusing on the Brewers this next week, right? As there's not going to be too much hard to preview the Packer Bear game right now as we're two weeks out. But maybe as we get closer, we'll talk about that. As it is almost that time. So, after sports, we're going Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. But otherwise, that's all I have, everybody. Thank you here all for listening. Enjoy your Sunday. So thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.